right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Staying in Trouble with your host, Adam Short, and I'm Eric Humes. We've got a great episode ahead of us today. We're here at the Rooftop Realty, fully established podcast center. Dude, our new studio, man. Yeah, new studio. This is looking good. It feels We need great. some stuff on the walls. I think it's in the works. I know. I think it's in the works. I'm excited. Uh, we've got two great guests with us today. This is a uh, kind of a retake of an earlier story. I've got uh, Riley Rawhauser. He's a st- currently a student at Green Valley High School here in Henderson. And his father, Hans Rawhauser, who's, who is a professor at UNLV. Um, I, for full disclosure, uh, Hans and I have been friends for over 20 years. Um, I am the reigning ping pong champion between the two of us. Um, but Hans is well more traveled than me. He's got like a, like when he writes his book, it's like this colorful book of all these great places they've traveled and adventures they've had and, and homes they've built for uh, different impoverished people. And then there's just me. I look like a vanilla cone. Oh, here's the same book, same wife, same house, <laughs> same city. So um, now, Adam, you got to listen to the pre-record of this. What was some I of your... Did. What was some of your uh, your emotions or feelings like going in? Were you surprised by the story? Well, I and, and it the story was so good that I definitely did not want to release it with a, a a little mess up on the audio. The audio wasn't a hundred percent, and uh, I felt like that was going to take away from the story. And sure. while I was trying to edit it and listen to it, and I was doing my very best to clean it up. I was I was really impressed with the story of uh, being a father myself. You know the the challenges of, of that. And I don't want to take away from the story as you get into it, but it was, it really hit me, you know, pretty strong. I mean, like, you know, I mean, to go through those things with your kids and we've gone through a few things with our kids and it's, it's definitely growing experiences. So, uh, I, I knew that this story was special and we had to do this re 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 record. Yeah. And, uh, make sure that we get this story right because it's worth that kind of attention. So, and then today we have, you know, the first time I, I sat down with Hans to record this uh, story, it was just him and I, and, and so he likes to talk long. He's kind of a jibber jabber. He's not like me who like gets right into stuff. Yeah. Cause he said so much already. Yeah. And, uh, so he brought his son along this time. So I think it's, we're going to get like even a, a, a second or even a, I'm kind of excited. I'm not going to, I'm emotional already actually just having Riley in the room. And so, well, I'm intimidated. You're looking down on us. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of normal for me. The ones who don't watch the videos on YouTube, Eric is here standing over us, standing up on a mic, and the rest of us are sitting down. And I feel like I got to look up at him. Like <laughs> you're making me nervous. Well, let's let's hop into Riley. Give us a little bit of um, uh, how was your basketball season? Let's start with the basics. Um, so we made it to playoffs and then got eliminated in the first round. I think our record overall was like. 13 and 14, so a little bit underneath, uh, you know. And what, what position do you play? Um, I play as a power forward. Ooh, uh, Hans, you like how he emphasizes, I'm a power forward. Yeah, well, he w- tries to work through his strengths. He, yeah. <laughs> he's got, he can kind of move people around, so that's what, mm-hmm. that's what he tries to do. I can honestly out. say, uh, you know, I got to sponsor one of his uh, games, and and uh, it was pretty awesome seeing him come out with confidence and hit the first bucket of the game. So, yeah, that was that was that was really fun. Yeah. yeah. 
Thanks for sponsoring that, by the way. Yeah, yeah you guys did you. a really good, re- really good job with that. I mean, I don't. A lot of companies don't understand. Like, they just think, "Oh yeah, I'm just going to give you some money." But I think you, you coming to the game, setting up, and everything was good. We 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 kind of kind of have a down pat here at Rooftop where we have a we've invested in a lot of tools to help the community and and help the presentation. So we're vested. Um, you know, on the flip side of us not traveling around is I've been here for a long time. So, mm-hmm. um, so Riley, so what did you think about when you just a little excerpt when you heard that your dad told the story the first time? Did he tell you he came in and told you your story? No, he didn't. He didn't tell me that he came in at all. I was just he just he's like, hey, I did this. by the way, he's like, hey, by the way, I'm out there uh, throwing your story. So out uh, to give you a little history, though, Riley is. One of our first episodes, we had Donovan Stewart, who um, now he works with the school district and helps kids find scholarships. And I've known Donovan for over 20 years as well. And Donovan came in and and he blew Adam and I away when he told the story of when his mom was murdered. And it's something that he had struggled with for decades. Happened to him when he was nine. And... To have him be able to be vulnerable enough to come in and tell that story, Adam, I mean, I was, I, I still, like, I feel it in my gut when he talks about that story. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, a, so far, that's been my favorite thing about this podcast thing is when we bring people in, uh, and the same thing with Jimmy is the mic opens it up. Sure, yeah. It, it's amazing. Once we turn on the mic, it's, it's like the truth comes out, and all of a sudden, People open up and tell us. Jimmy told us about his dad dying when he was young and even said, I've never really told anybody about this. And then he opened up and started talking about it. Yeah. It's like, you know, you want to know the truth? Well, let's hit record and turn on the mics and see what happens. And it's it's amazing. But it was extremely touching. Yeah. And we're getting more exposure too. Uh, a little shout out to Dave and Mahoney at X107.5. I guess they started picking up our podcast and, and they were, at, yeah, they were at uh, one of the first tough, uh, tough enough where they saw Jimmy fight and Dave, I used to know he used to, uh, uh, like commentate at some of those tough enoughs. And so, um, you know, we're bringing a, a bigger audience. Um, so I want to turn a little bit more time hands start off. So, um, Riley, where, where are you at today? Cause you look pretty physically fit now. I mean, I still think I could take you in basketball, <laughs> I would show you how to really lay the lumber. So, um, well, some, falling on top of someone is not basketball. Uh, you know what? I, <laughs> I I preach. You know, when someone when they know if I'm going to guard them, they're going to have an extra two hundred and twenty to thirty pounds, depending on the month, uh, to carry around with them. And they're like, it's not. You know, no grappling. It's it's just like, straight well, up. It's just straight up, and then try not to get in the post because that. You'll, I'll slowly edge them out to the three-point line. So if they weren't shooters before, they're going to need to yeah. after they're done guarding, after I'm done guarding them. So, hmm. so where are you at today, Riley? What's going on? Um, so our bas- my basketball season just ended, um, and now I'm getting ready to do volleyball for Green Valley, and so it's going to be pretty cool. So. Nice. So you seem physically active. Tell us about last year. Last year? Yeah. Or the last season, like... Oh, last year. Last year? Yeah. Uh, last year, uh, I was on JV basketball and JV volleyball. And that was my first year playing volleyball. And it was 
pretty cool because I I never like ever played volleyball before and I was able to like make JV without you know any experience, and we had an undefeated season record because we had this uh, really good kid that was outside of our school zone, so he knew he could only be on <laughs> JV, and so he basically just destroyed like, Green Valley. Were they were always cheaters when I went to school too, Riley? So it's not it's not it's not uh, not unexpected. Yeah, and so, yeah, he was really, really good. And, yeah, the varsity's team wasn't as good because they couldn't have him. But now we're going to get him this year for varsity, and that's it's going to be fun. And nice. JV basketball last year, not it was it was fun, but, like, not in the sense of us winning, but more of, like, because the varsity last year was very toxic, and then JV was, like, much more, like, I guess together and much more, like, having fun than – uh, like being, competing, yeah, competing against each other rather than you know. All right. Uh, so hands, let's, let's talk about your year last year. So Riley gets done with volleyball, and then what happens? Well, Riley was uh, Riley was he had PE, and he likes to. They get to play really physical soccer in PE. Uh, and ruffian to, soccer. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he likes to. I mean, there's a lot of kids that have lots of skills, and then he kind of comes in and knocks them over, kind of thing. And he. Uh, I like that, Riley. That's how I like to play he, too. And so he he was telling Monica, uh, I've got you know like it's my head swollen here, and he says, I think it's because I headed this ball in soccer, uh, and you know, and I'm I'm like, okay, Riley, let me look at it. I'm like, oh, it is kind of swollen. So, uh, and it continued to be swollen, um, and I, I did some trip, and then I came back, and I was like, oh, yeah, we got to have that looked. Oh, we went to Costa Rica, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, we got to have that looked at. So we went to the doctor, and he's like, I don't know what it is. Probably should have a CT scan. I'm like, we don't need a CT scan. It's a, <laughs> got to go to the dermatologist, and it's probably a cyst. And, and we, ha- we mentioned it to some friends, and, and two of our friends were like, totally, I've been watching – Pimple, Dr. Pimple Popper. Who doesn't, and, and right? It's, uh, it's, they're so like, <laughs> it's like this uh, subdermal cyst. I'll cut it out for you. <laughs> and I was like, well, that would, you know, like. Uh, With video or without? I don't know. They didn't, we didn't get into the details. Monica wanted to go to the doctor. So we went to the dermatologist and he's like, oh yeah, this is simple right here. And I can do it right after, you know, right here in the clinic. And so he tried to drain it because a lot of times you can just poke it and drain it and it goes away and he's like it's not draining so next week come back um so then he comes back the next week and he's thinking it's a lipoma which is kind of like you have to pop it out you know and so he cuts it open and he's like he's kind oh, of those digging. are the best pimples when you have to <laughs> pop them out nice well it's oh. like a big you know a big thing and he's like i'm digging at this but it's not coming out he got some stuff out right yeah uh, but it didn't come out. So he's like, you got to go to a specialist. So Riley, you know, like they they stitch up his head. Then he's got to go to a specialist three weeks later. So it's like scabbing over and stuff. Yeah. He goes to a specialist and he opens it up. And at this time I was in, uh, I think, you know, we, we have to wait like three weeks between all these visits. I was out of town um, and the, Monica took him to the clinic and uh, – so he opened it up and he's like, I don't see a cyst here, um, but I'm down to the bone and it's kind of squishy. And so he's taking pictures and he later gave me the pictures 
and he had him sent because this was the PA, um, Steve Hawks, and he had him sent to the dermatologist. Uh, he's like, "What is this exactly?" And they weren't sure; they didn't know what it was. But he's like, "I think you got a hole in your head." So he stitched him all up. And again, we have to wait like three weeks to go to the the. Are they using Velcro at this point? Because no, it's, it's like, like open it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it it's, it's it's a pain. Uh, it was yeah. a pain because you know Riley's going around with this big, huge. You know, it's it's uh, shaved, so he's got this bald spot on top of his head. It looked pretty funny. Uh, and Hands. I probably wouldn't use yeah, the yeah, top of your I, head because, <laughs> Riley, it's looking pretty. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking like I've got this. Uh, I've got it, yeah. So then uh, went to the, they had the CT scan that showed the hole in his head. Then we went to the neurosurgeon. Yeah, it was the same day. He and the it. neurosurgeon's like, yep, you got a hole in your head. Uh, we can put a titanium mesh over. It's totally simple. It's like a one-hour procedure. You're going to have to stay the night. So we did that. He went and did that on September 5th. And all the while, they're, not, they're never, like, really concerned or even mentioned, well, why does he have a hole in his head? Um, so, and then, Riley, what was your physical activity like through all this? Were you just normal or? Uh, I wasn't able to – I wasn't able to – exercise after my surgery on my head up until september yeah. he was doing yeah. everything normal so we so were going to the gym it, what, during what did the you summer. think like you're seeing all these doctors I was, I was really just like dang that sucks i can't do contact or anything for like four to five weeks after my surgery what was the pain level pain level like, like well, were you at hurt and after the surgery like could uh, you for the like ones that i got my head cut open like the first ones it like hurt right after the uh, like it hurt really, really bad after the uh, local anesthetic wore off. Like it was like unbearable. Like I was writhing in pain, which is surprising. And then like once my pain, like I took like ibuprofen, it was good. But the actual surgery, it was um, like I was good. Like I, it kind of it ached after the surgery. They gave me some. I, th- I don't know if they gave me some sort of pain meds. And then like I just stayed the night. It kind of hurt, but like after the first day, I was fine. Like I didn't hurt. He at didn't all. actually have to take any of those pain meds yeah. when he got home. And then what about? So what are you talking about with your mom? Like, what do you? Was your was your mom like? Was she pretty stressed out, or how you, were you comforting her at all? What do you think? Um, I don't know. She was kind of stressed, but my brother was really stressed. He's like, he like called us from his mission. Like, right before I went in uh, to get, like, admitted or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 And I guess he was stressed, like, really stressed about it. But I, uh, us personally, I don't really remember my mom being, like, the most stressed about it. Because it, it was just, like, the neurosurgeon just, just like, a it's just a hole. It's just going to take <laughs> an hour. It's not a big deal. Um, it's like an ingrown toe now. Like we'll just we'll just solder it up and, and yeah. good to go. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's like a quarter size hole, um, uh, in right in the top of his head. Um, so that was uh, that was September fifth that he went in for the surgery and it went well. It was easy. Took of course, the sur- surgery cost twenty five thousand dollars, but you know, <laughs> that's. <laughs> In, in, in Costa Rica? <laughs> oh, you're not in Costa Rica this whole time. No, no, no okay, no, no. never mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so um, so that was fine, and there and so I asked the neurosurgeon afterward. He showed me some pictures of the mesh that they put in and stuff, and I'm like, well, why does he have a hole in his head? And he's like, I don't know. And he didn't really seem to be too interested, which is you know, uh, you know, was kind of frustrating. And um, is this? 
pre-invoice or post-invoice? No, they, that's the, I mean, I talked to that guy like 15 minutes total. Um, Which is about as long as it took for him to remove the Yeah, he was only in there for 15 there minutes. And yeah. put the mesh on. So his PA came and she said, well, you know, we took – we, you know, when we ever we do something like this, we take a, a little whatever is there and we send it to biopsy to see if there's anything wrong. We'll let you know. So they do that, and then like 32 days later – uh, we get a phone call from her, from her, and she's like, oh, yeah, well, we sent this, and we weren't sure locally, so we sent it to Mayo, and it came, comes back that it's Langerhans cell histiocytosis, which is hmm. a type of blood cancer, and he'll probably have to have chemotherapy, and we'll send you the paperwork in the mail. <laughs> Like, like just what? nonchalant yeah, like that. Yeah, well, I mean, she... And it was I, to your phone, right, Hans? Well, a... both of ours. She called both of us and told okay. us that. Um, and so, uh, you know, the a few things that I, that I didn't like about that is, one, they didn't really put much effort into, you know, like, helping us on the next step, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, they sent off a referral, but that wasn't actually useful. Uh, and two, I mean, I don't know why we're sending anything in the mail these days. I mean, like something where you're going to have to have chemotherapy. Why would you do that? But anyway, so I have some friends that are like MD, PhDs. They know research in cancer. And so I reached out to them and one of them said, you know, she kind of reassured me, okay, this is, uh, this is curable. You need to be seen by a pediatric oncologist, not a regular oncologist. And that's where we got the referral to a regular uh, oncologist. You have to, because it's a pediatric uh, disease. It happens most of the time between zero and three years old. Uh, and so um, we, you know, I Googled this, you know, like Google pediatric oncology. And I'm thinking, well, <laughs> sure, UMC's got to have a pediatric oncologist. And their webpage, nobody there. Um, eventually, I did find there's a, a group called Cure for the Kids, and they've got uh, two or three pediatric oncologists. So that's where we went. Um, how, how did you break the news to Riley? So, uh, yeah, so they call us on this, and uh, we talked Nonchalantly. Don't forget. Yeah. Nonchalantly. Like, <laughs> well, hey, yeah. Hey, your order for Chick-fil-A is ready. Come on up and get it. We'll give, us, <laughs> give you a number. So, And by the way, you got cancer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, that's the thing that is, is, I mean, there's a lot of information to, and, you know, that's the kind of how I deal with things. Monica doesn't... Uh, you know, she deals with things a little bit differently. So mostly what I do is I totally the, <laughs> mostly crying in the our pantry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, what I did is it's a good I place to cry. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering about the water damage in there. So <laughs> so I I looked up a bunch of stuff, you know, and I went on Facebook groups because there's groups that support people that have this, and you know, there's a lot of scary stories out there. So I told her like don't go on Facebook. <laughs> don't go looking for this because you're going to get freaked out. You know, I, I'm fine with that, you know, um, but that's going to freak you out with all these stories of kids with cancer and some of them aren't, aren't great. Um, and uh, so I looked that up and then as we were looking for these doctors, cause I didn't know how, you know, and then you got to get in a referral and they referred us to the wrong person. And then, so I didn't want to tell Riley any of this until we knew what, what our next step do. is because yeah. no, no need to worry about stuff until you know what your next step is. So finally we got, 
uh, it was on a Thursday. We got an appointment pretty quickly for, for a Tuesday. So Monday afternoon, uh, I said, well, Monica, let's go to lunch with Riley. And we, so we went to Cafe Rio. And, uh, a little he's, sweet he's, pork. Yeah. <laughs> a little sweet pork and a little comfort he, food. Yeah, he's yeah. sitting down with his, his big fat burrito. <laughs> and he's like, you know, he's, he, Riley is always kind of in a hurry to eat. You know, he's like chawing away. And I'm like, well, so your results came back from your biopsy and it looks like you have cancer. And it was really interesting because he like put down his burrito, which he doesn't do very often, and like he lost his appetite right there. He didn't even finish his food. It just I didn't like, even get like halfway there. Yeah, like, that doesn't happen. It never yeah. happens. <laughs> so we, you know, we explained what was going to happen and stuff, um, and um, and then what's uh, going through your head, Riley? I mean, that you're like, first of all. My parents are taking me out for a little son <laughs> parent date. You're like, oh, uh, maybe they're going to give me that talk. Or maybe, you know, they're splitting up. You know, like there's a lot of ways that yeah. can go, right? You're like, uh, this is actually out of the norm. Yeah. You know, uh, my dad's going to go live in Central America and, and, and help the Central Americans. Yeah. So what, what, what were some of your thoughts? I was just kind of confused, but... I kind of, I didn't know exactly what it was going to be about, but um, I guess I was just, you know, I'm like, okay, might as well just eat the burrito. I don't know any, anything about what's going on. So. Well, so your dad, like, in part of the story, you remember that hands you told about when he, like, sheared off the top of his head? You remember that part of the mm -hmm. story? Mm -hmm. Do you remember that part of the story, Riley? Like, you're playing around one day. Yeah, I remember that. That was, yeah. was I yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's part of the backstory. What we originally thought was, you know, what, why does he have this cyst? A cyst is caused kind of when, when things don't drain right in your skin and it kind of builds up. So when he, three years ago when he was playing at the, the uh, park with my other kids just, just down the street from where we live, he ran under uh, this walkway between two slides that's about, you know, the bottom's about four feet tall, and he came up too fast, and he hit his head on the bottom of the, the steel, you know, girders, girders underneath the walkway. And I'm, I was on the phone, and Riley's screaming, ah, and I'm like, okay, Riley, he's kind of loud. <laughs> So, but Amelia, this Riley is such a crybaby. <laughs> Amelia's like, no, Dad, it's really bad. He's bleeding. I'm like, well, I know you bleed from your head when you, you know, you hit it. <laughs> so he comes over and he's he's like, well, let me look at it. And he takes his hand off his head and his scalp, it just kind of like it opens up and I can see his skull. And I'm like, okay, well, let's push that back together and put your hand on top of it. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, so w ended up that Jason Nielsen helped to stitch that up. Um, but that's what, we, that's what we were thinking is that it was that that had caused this cyst. And then later, Lysoma. then once, the, once the, the guy found the hole in his head, we were thinking, well, maybe it caused somehow related. But I don't know. I don't know if that's, I mean, I don't know if that could have caused this basically this blood cancer is like these histiocytes go a little bit crazy they're in your blood all the time but they kind of go crazy and they create these lesions so mm -hmm. it maybe it's related but um yeah riley's had more we've got five kids he's definitely had more of his yeah. than his fair share of uh, really medical the person besides my older brother my brother got like nicked but i've had like been hit he's had seizures when he was a little kid uh and yeah so 
Yeah, so I, but he's also one of the happiest kids out of your five. Oh right? yeah, no, he's definitely yeah, this is he, true. and he, <laughs> he he's always uh, he's a good good kid for. So Adam's got friends. seven, just so you know. Oh okay. Yeah. So you guys are like a medium family around. Right, here. right, yeah. Well, we got a foreign exchange student right now, so we're up to six. Oh. <laughs> Show off. <laughs> <laughs> so so Riley, going back, so you have this great lunch. Right, all the way up until about half burrito. No, about like an eighth of the burrito. Oh, so like, they just really, right at the beginning, yeah. they're like, hey, don't be eating too much too fast. We're going to have a lot of visits later. So, And so what did you know about cancer before then? Uh, well, I knew that it had to do with chemotherapy. And I also knew that chemotherapy like drains you. Yeah. And so like, I was like, that really sucks. It's like, I won't be able to be doing like basketball my senior year. Which was like, you know, really like that, that kind of like, I guess like hit home for me. But then I was, then after like about an hour of thinking about it, I was like, well, I can't do anything of it, anything about it now. So I'm just going to, you know, continue on with my life. And then, yeah. So, yeah, we were, we, that, that was one of the things. I mean, when you, when you hear that kind of thing, uh, you go kind of from a category of no, I don't have any health issues to now I'm in this category of I have cancer and even if I get over it, I have had cancer. So there's a lot of things that change in life, right? The, yeah. the little form that you click off when you say, oh, I'm so totally healthy. Now for the rest of his life, he's like, oh yeah, you know, like where did you go? You went somewhere and said, oh yeah, I had cancer too. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like a different it category. Was, uh, the military. But like oh, the yeah, army then, was calling my mom and was like, oh, we want to, you know, like we're... We're listen. recruiting yeah, we're Riley. Recruiting. Yeah. And like... We like his jump shot. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then my mom was like, yeah, he's had like... Blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, that's okay. It's all it's all good. And he's had cancer. Oh, we'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that is, that is from going from zero to kind of... Uh, um, to, oh, you, you have cancer, there's all these feelings. Now, we didn't know when we originally got that, that diagnosis and uh, what would happen, you know, like if he had, because basically this cancer can be in your bones or in your skin, your lungs, your spleen. Um, it can go throughout different areas or it can be just stuck in one. And, it, and you don't even have to have chemotherapy if it's just in one spot. It creates that hole and then it's gone. Right. So, um, well, I want to touch was, real quick. Yeah. So you, you sat Riley down at this point, like, I don't want to, I don't even know how to voice this, but I, I, I want to say like, did you and Monica ever have that conversation? Like, Hey, what did we do wrong? Like, did you ever, did you feel like, Hey, maybe he has cancer because of something that you, that you guys, a uh, decision or choice you guys made or, uh, We've had that conversation, but not about this. <laughs> We've definitely had that exact conversation, but not about this. You know, I just, you yeah. know, like. Uh, with your other children. With other th other things yeah. that ha have happened. but Mainly not. my GPA compared to my SAT score. Uh, no, yeah. no, that's, that's not that, that's not that big of a deal. I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we how did, I how mean, did, some one conversation that you know, that we have had that doesn't really have a solution to it is like, why does he have this? Right. Yeah. Cause like I said, he has had things. I mean, and, and, and that's the other thing that is, uh, 
that I really learned from this. Like I said, you go from zero, like no real health issues to, ooh, cancer, and this is going to be, even if you go in remission, you're always going to have to think about that for the rest of your life because that's the way cancer is. Then the other thing is uh, when you, but then once you're in that category, then you feel like, I still feel almost guilty saying it because like you go to the pediatric oncology clinic and there's little kids, like little babies that are really, really, really sick. Yeah, I have a friend who who his son uh, has a version of, uh, uh, do you know the Aves family? Mm-mm. And so, and we'll have them in, and they're five-year-old right now, and they are back and forth between here and L.A. And yeah, so yeah. their son is is got uh, a terminal cancer, like yeah, it's yeah. very serious. And I, but I think I think your experience is it doesn't it doesn't lessen your experience. It's still like your experience still scares me. Sure, it's still scary, but at the same time, I feel like I actually feel the opposite side of it. Is like, is so I'm so happy that he's healthy, but other kids get that that cancer diagnosis and then they go through hell. Yeah, you know, and and I feel like. I don't know that I did anything, you know, like that's just life sometimes that some people have things that are so much more difficult and other people than other people. And, and so being surrounded by other people with cancer, I feel so lucky, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, so where's your confidence level right now? You just told him your personal confidence level of the outcome at this moment, without knowing what the future holds oh, yeah, and stuff yeah. at that moment at, at, uh, where were you eating again? Cafe, Cafe Rio. Cafe Rio. At Cafe Rio, where's your confidence level oh, in the whole situation? Cafe Rio, we didn't know. Uh, you know, so I would say uncertainty. Like, there's a huge range of where my confidence is because we had no tests or anything. I had read a bunch, you know, and so, you know, that's kind of what I do is, like, I, I brought some papers. And, and you know, like, I, I think doctors, you know, a lot of doctors dedicate their life to things, and I'm really thankful for that. But I also don't totally trust them. So, you know, like, I want to bring as much information as I can and, you know, in a respectful way, question what they say because, you know, like, people make mistakes, and I don't, I don't want to just turn it over to someone else. In the and, mail. And and just say, oh, yeah, they got it. They got it. You know, yeah. so I brought, you know, papers with me when we went. So we didn't know because he had no, like, he's got this thing, you know, he's, I think he's got allergies. So he's always clearing his throat. And I'm like, that could be in his lungs. You know, he could have yeah, LCH yeah, yeah. in his yeah. lungs. And then if, so if he has it in his head, it's only in his head, he doesn't need chemo. But if it's in his lungs, he's got to have chemo, you mm-hmm. know, so. I was, you know, I was worried about that. So the next day when we went into the doctor, he was very confident. He's like, oh, this is just going to be, this is really simple. It's just, All these doctors, every time they see hands, they're like, we'll be out of here in like 10 minutes. Hey, can you stop by Sonic and get me a a Route 44? Yeah. You know, or uh, hey, you know what? I left my blue cooler uh, yet. I left my blue cooler uh, flask at home. Can you stop by the house and pick it up on your way in? Well, he's like most, you know, like if you're going to get cancer, this is the one to get, right? Because it, it is true that if it's just in one spot, you don't even have to have chemotherapy. And if it's in one system, like just your bones, uh, you know, you can you can you can deal with it. But it's not really like a stage type cancer. It's more of just like yeah, but unifocal what, or uh, multifocal. Yeah. So what I had what I had told you know from this research. They had like a paper listing all the stuff that you should do if you're diagnosed. So, 
And one of those is a PET scan. So they scan not just your bones, but your whole your whole body. And he was going to do just like a uh, full body full body X ray. And I'm like, no, I think we need to have the PET scan because I don't know about his lungs. So he went along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the so again, th- until you do the scan, who knows? Who knows what's who, yeah. who knows what's in your you know could be in your body. So that is you know I've heard that before where people are like, oh, I'm going in for a scan. You know, pray for me or or whatever, because that's really that's, that's where what, you're going to get your answer. Yeah, that's yeah. where it kind of okay. resolves the, the some of your uncertainty. But until then, like even visiting with the doctor, like what can he tell? He can't like he can't see inside of you until you do the blood work and the scan. So, um, and I think I shared a little bit like when my mom died of cancer. Is my mom went from giving birth to my little brother to. Literally, she had great insurance the whole the whole her whole time. She had great insurance to, hey, uh, you have ovarian cancer. You have a cyst the size of a football, and you probably have a couple weeks. But she waited how many years? Thirty plus years. Like that was between doctor visits. She had never been to the doctor in between. Right. Giving, Children. In between giving birth to my ch- to my younger brother Travis, to getting admitted that night at Mountain View um, Hospital via ambulance. And, I, you know, I was able to drive out there. And so, you know, and same thing. I did the same thing. Like, uh, they brought this little scanner out, and he was just an ER doctor. And he was like, uh, yeah, we're going to need to run more tests and whatnot. And, and I did the same thing, so I started Googling everything. So I think it's fortuitous in a way that we are able to, like, as, I don't want to say common folk, but we have so much information that if you can weed it through. That yeah, uh, totally. I agree with that. It can make you well more prepared. So. Yeah. Yep. So what's next? Uh, okay, so after that. Now we, he knows. I got my blood taken. Yeah, so, I, yeah, you had your blood taken. He doesn't like needles, so he, like. Almost cried like a little baby every time not just crying he's like i didn't eh. cry at all I his, his face turns white he's gonna fall on the floor kind of thing you gotta lay him down he's like if i'm not getting a burrito out of this <laughs> i don't want to do it <laughs> yeah well he did get it i think he got some I food got out of that one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's our tradition now uh and so then we we a couple like a week later we did the the pet scan uh which you know and then we got the results back from that and um or we went back to the doctor and got the results and he's like there's nothing there you know and you know i i have a hard time like feeling excitement you know but monica and and monica's like yes you know she's so excited and and uh riley you know he was pretty excited right yeah. So I what mean, about that felt so, really good. socially? I want to talk a little bit, Riley. What are you like? So what did you tell your friends? I didn't tell them. Like I just legit just didn't tell them. He did, yeah, I don't think you've told many people, huh? I think the only one that really knows is like my best friend, and that's yeah, that's it. Did your coach know? Yeah, my coach knew. Yeah, your your coach knew because I talked to him about it. Yeah. So, um, so how many? Well, wasn't there an article in the paper though? In the in the in the high school newspaper about it? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. So who at school knows? Does anyone at school know? Uh, I think, I, no, I think I've told another one of my friends, one of my school friends, but he's not with the newspaper or anything. Well, did anyone notice like your titanium plate on top or? Well, they you... knew I, well, I had to wear 
like after my surgery before I knew I had like you know had cancer yeah uh, I had like some of the teachers were like like they put out like a school like a school wide like email about like not to tell me to take off my hat because I'd like staples running along the like right here he had like, 12 a, really big staples yeah. across the top yeah and so I was and, and some of the teachers would ask me and then like I'd be like oh I've got these staples and they'd be like oh, okay and then they'd like let me but there was this one teacher I hated her she was like <laughs> and uh, like she was like you can't wear it. This is in 1980. You got. You can't wear a hat in school. And I'm like, I showed it. I showed her my staple. She's like, you still can't wear a hat. Like, go talk to the. I'm like, go talk to the like attendance dean. She's like, you need a note from her. And I'm like, and so I just walked away from her. You know, it was just, it was annoying. And like, hmm. she's been like renowned for everybody hating her. Like all the students <laughs> hating her. So yeah. she's not Miss Congenial. Is what you're saying? I, yeah, I guess. And I hope she doesn't listen to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Riley, you made the decision not to. What about moving forward? Are did any of your teammates know, or, or um, are you just worried about people not, you know, kind of giving you a pass or what? Um, <clears throat> I told some of my teammates, like, well, actually, I told I told most of them, and they're like, but I told them after I got cleared for not having any, right like thing. So yeah. And then, so, did they say why exactly, like, why his head was so squishy? Like, why, like, were they able to... Oh, yeah, the, 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 basically this cancer, uh, it activates these histiocytes. They cause lesions, so the lesions can be in your skin or your bones. And, the, and it's called the lytic lesion, which basically it destroys the bone. So that's why he has... Just basically, just disintegrates yeah, it. Yeah, it, it, and like it Iron leaves kind of... It looks, it looks like it, there is no, it is a very smooth edge all the way around. So that's why they don't have to do extra surgery because it doesn't like reach out. Um, but you'll see, like if you read the papers, you'll see like almost his exact, uh, it happens a lot in your skull, his exact uh, scan with a hole in their head, just like his. It happens a lot of different places. It can be, it can be, you know, it's a lot more complicated if it's like, in your orbital where you're, you know, close to your eye because people can lose eyes and stuff that way. But um, that's what it, it just causes uh, these lesions that destroy the bone um, if it's in your bones. So what about, so Riley, do you even think about it anymore? Or you just pretend like it never happened? Um, I don't really think about it, no. Like, because I recently had another checkup, like I'd say like a couple weeks ago, and I was clear again. And so I was, you know. What's the chances of it coming back later on in life? Well, this is, um, so this is a, uh, what they call like an orphan disease. So there's 300 people per year that are uh, like kids per year that are diagnosed with this. So it's just really small. So they don't have very much research. So the numbers <clears throat> I've looked, <coughs> I've tried to figure this out because there's the kind of this, the, uh, unifocal one spot versus multifocal and we don't there's no statistics that i've been able to fa find um they do so you say are that, you are the case study you're putting the case study together is what you're saying well i mean there's other cases like this but they just don't have like leukemia there's enough cases that yeah. they have like like programs devoted to that um but uh i mean they i do know that like the survival rate is 99 percent uh for for unifocal uh, LCH so it's really good survival rate and um, you know the, the doctor here is very confident that you know that he can be in remission for uh, 
uh, a long, long time. You know, they may never come back. So, so what do you suggest to parents today? They come across, because <clears throat> I'll be honest with you, if, if one of my kids had just a bump on top of their head, yeah, ah, it's probably going to go away. And we might, we'll probably delay the visit sure. yeah, a while. Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. a lot of parents do that partially maybe because of cost. Yeah, uh, that their health course. insurance doesn't cover yeah. it all or they're in a predicament that they can't, um, you know, just they don't want to open that can of worms of what it can be. But so at the same time, they're hoping for the best of like, well, maybe it'll just go down on its own. It's not a big deal. Put a frozen bag of peas up there or something. You oh, know, we tried that. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely tried that but multiple so, times. Right. Really? Yeah. Over the summer. So what was, was like, better, gotta... peas or steak? We didn't have steaks. So. <laughs> so, so what do you suggest for parents who, who come across something that starts off kind of trivial? I, I hate to say his bump oh, is yeah, trivial, yeah, but yeah, it yeah. started off as, nah, it's just a bump on his head. He's acting fine. Yeah. Still an active kid. Yeah. Well, what do you I suggest? Think, I, I don't think we did anything wrong. You know, I think that's the, the right way to do it. If, if 99% of the, t you know, like we went to the first doctor, he's like 95% of these things are cysts, right? So you go down that path until you figure out it's not, you know, I, I, I don't think I'm not one to, you know, to worry about things like, oh, this could be, you know, like if they're a little bit sick, oh, this could be, you know, this horrible disease, you know, I don't think that's productive um, because, you know, you, you can waste a lot of time worrying about things. This is, this is very rare, you know, and it was just kind of the weirdest case, right? Like, it just got worse and worse over time, but you know, I don't think. Did they say that maybe he had it for a couple of years and was just now manifesting, or? or uh, did they yeah, have they any don't idea? really know. They don't. I mean, uh, they don't really know. I mean, he's been quirky for a long time, so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so your relationship with your wife, I, I, this is what I'm picking up. Okay. That you're very. Like you said, you're pretty calm with this kind uh -huh. of stuff. You, you, you like doing your own research. You have yeah. your own confidence after yeah. you do your own research. Am I right? Sure, yeah. But it just seems like your wife is a little bit more emotional when it comes to these kind of things. Sure. Did this strengthen, weaken? What did this do to your guys' relationship? Did this kind of put uh, a stronger bond going through something like this? Yeah, I think, I think so. I mean, I think there's a bond there. Um, I think it also kind of helped to maybe define a little bit better how we deal with these things you know um it was a little bit sharper contrast you know of things kind of tendencies that we already knew but this was a little bit extreme example so you could see more like sharper contrast um she uh um the, you know there's some things that you can talk about like, and that helps you feel better. Some of these things, not so much though, you know, like mm -hmm. I don't know that talking to friends about it, uh, when it's, when it's something that not many other people have, it's a little bit harder to, to share that way. <coughs> I yeah. will say that she, I can give you a perspective on that part. <coughs> so like after this has all gone down, like nine mm -hmm. months later, like hands just like in passing, it's like, Oh, did you see? Uh, did you see the hole in Riley's head? Did you see the plate on top? Oh yeah, he had cancer this year. Yeah, it's in remission now. So nonchalant. Yeah, right? nonchalant. Like, hey, can you go get me a soda from the snack bar and look at Riley's head? Go on a couple of bleachers. You can look down right there, right in the middle. And I'm like, and like I'm getting emotional. Like I'm crying. I'm like, so for me, Riley, he's 
kind of getting to be my size, but for me, Riley's about four. Sure. You know, I, I didn't understand that when I was growing up that, or, you know, as kids, you hear that, oh, you're a young buck, da, 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 da. And, and I think like the three of us are going to get to that age where we're like, oh, I remember when you were, <laughs> yeah, I had to, just, so you know, Riley, I used to go to school like uphill both ways, you yeah. know, and now I know what they really meant by that was, man, it hurts for me to go up and down the stairs. But, uh, you know, so to, you know, to throw out that C word, like in our, you know, everyone knows that C word. And yeah. growing up, no one ever talked about that. That was mm -hmm. like, you know, someone like grandma, my, you know, Aunt May died. Oh, yeah, what happened? She went to the hospital and she died. And now it's like. Well, usually they talk about after they're dead. Yeah. Oh, what she die of? Oh, cancer. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or uh, yeah, she smoked like a chimney or, you know, yeah. you know, my grandfather died of a kind of a, a version of alcoholism, you know, and they talked about it after he died. And so the fact that, uh, you know, going back to your experience hands on those, you know, social media groups, we just we just talked. We just had two episodes on social media. One was for the U.S. Army. The other one was for small businesses. And this is kind of what social media was really set up to do was to connect people. And I think hearing that story of like, hey, there are groups out there to support, but you may not, you know, you need to be prepared for it even to participate. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that that is a good, you know, like a lot of people say, oh, social media is so bad. And, and there are some some negative things to it, you know, social comparison that makes you feel bad. Um, but in my case, I, with this, um, you know, like there's a really famous doctor that deals with LCH and everybody on, not everybody, but a lot of people on that list say, hey, if you have a question, you should reach out to this guy and he'll answer you. And it is true. Like I reached out to the guy and like two hours later, I got a response by email and he's not my doctor. I'm not paying him anything, you know, and so... Um, it can be it can be super useful of dealing with things that you can't like there's nobody here that i know of that has lch right, right. i can't reach out to any friends or even friends of friends most of the time uh, but the social media those groups really were helpful you know a little bit scary sometimes uh, in that you see even really extreme cases mm -hmm. but you know you can also see people say hey i had this when i was eight and I haven't had any problems and I'm 34 now and I've had three kids, you know, so. Well, that's, that, that's, yeah, I think that is the unknown. That's mm -hmm. the scariest. I think like, I think as a parent, you just go to that worst case scenario, you know, sure. like, Hey, will I ever be a grandparent? Hey, will I, you know, will my kid ever get married? Will they ever find a partner? And so Riley, you made the decision not to tell people like, and that was kind of partly it. Yeah. He didn't want to not be able to play basketball. Yeah. So he didn't really want to tell anybody, you yeah. know. He didn't want to be announcing that to anybody and then like, "Oh, wait, you could this could be a lawsuit or something." Yeah. Or chemotherapy, you can't like, you know, get, or like you'd have to do chemotherapy and like, or be like, "Hey, we'll we'll put you in the game for the last 30 seconds when we've already oh. lost." <laughs> you know, we're like, eh, "We're not it's not going to cost us anything to put Riley in." Uh, so Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe it's the attention. Like, I, w I don't think I would want the attention. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm trying right. to picture myself back in high school. I don't need all the extra stuff on me. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm fine. 
I'm going to get over this. I don't need all the pa- the posters and banners and everyone right. feel yeah. bad for me yeah. and don't wear a ribbon just for me. I mean, like, I'm good. I'm going to get through it. There's people that are worse off than I am. Sure, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I'm just talking for myself. Yeah. I don't know if you were the same way. Yeah, that's that's basically how I viewed it as and trying to fly underneath the radar of the coach from, you know, cutting me from that. I don't which I, I doubt he would have done that, but it was, I, I, I guess know, he said it was touch and go. Yeah. He was like, if, if this kid doesn't come out and start shooting better, I'm going to use every excuse to get rid of him. So <laughs> Ezra, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So that, uh, what about for you guys hands? Have, have you guys, so we talk about like, I think it's the shock and the awe, like going through that experience and in their original take, it was a little bit more emotional, this interview, mm-hmm. but, um, I mean, since then, like, I would also think like now that you are, you're kind of a resource, you know, you talk about all the time and energy oh, yeah. you put into research. Have you been able to help others like maybe reach out to them or, you know, share some of that uh, well, experience? I mean, uh, through those social media sites, I mean, there's one, one uh, lady on that site that um, she's like, all you guys are talking about is chemotherapy and I'm worried about my, for my kid, I don't want him to have to go through that. So I'm going to try some natural things. And I'm like, well, you know, I just want you to know that there's people that they're dedicating their whole life to this and they're trying to do their best to try to figure the best way to deal with this. Don't discount them. You know, like I understand that, you know, if you can, you think that mainstream medicine has gone astray in, in some areas and that might be true, to a certain degree, but you know, you, um, you know, just providing that perspective um, to some people that kind of distrust doctors or the medical system. So that's been that's been. Um, I think a lot of something. times too is those you know same the distrust comes from like I think what you said mainstream media. So I mean not media but uh, medicine. But so I served my mission my mission in Costa Rica, hand served in Nicaragua, and so when I was down in. Costa Rica with my wife many years ago uh, she got sick and she had a she really what we call a delicate stomach and so I you just go down to the far pharmacy the pharmacia five bucks you like you tell the you tell the pharmacy ah, that's what my wife's feeling he's like five bucks boom here's the counter right over the counter boom done mm-hmm. and here you know, you have to go through all these struggles that hands put out this, you know, funnel system. You like mm-hmm. had to go to this doctor, went to that doctor, went to that doctor. And the whole time Riley's just thinking, I'm, I'm just trying to get back on the court. I don't know why yeah, these doctors yeah. Yeah. Are, are impeding me, you know? Well, I, and I would say I'm, I'm, I'm pretty lucky in that, you know, I have a good job. We have a health savings account, which I put into, you know, um, regularly. And, you know, I'm a saver. But this was not cheap, right? I mean, these medical bills, and it's like they keep coming all the time. But we hit our our year max on him, so we hit the $7,000 that we pay out of our pocket. Riley's a you giver. Know? He's a giver. <laughs> He's like, you know what, Dad? Let me just start off the year, first quarter. Let's get to the max. Yeah, yeah. And then it's, let's just loaf it all out. Well, and I, I'm, I'm really thankful that we didn't have to deal with that because some people don't have, like, $7,000 lying around, right? You know, like... And, and on top of everything else, they have to be worried about how are we going to pay for this, you know? Well, I uh, think also, you know, it's not just a, it's not just the money. You talk about all the time that you were able to oh, take sure. off yeah, for yeah, appointments, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and see specialists and you're like, 
you know, if the specialist says, hey, I have to be there Tuesday, you know, you have a nucleus family, so you have your, yeah. yourself and your wife, and so you guys are able to support each other yeah. even in, in the time constraints. Well, and, and when we originally got the, we didn't know how severe it was. You know, the MD-PhDs that, that I know, they're like, well, you probably should go somewhere other than Las Vegas to yeah. be treated. You should go to L.A. or Houston uh, because this is so specialized, you know. And I was envisioning that, you know, like, mm -hmm. what's that like? That Traveling, hotel, that would be, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, just yeah. figuring out how to do all of that without everything else that we're doing. I have another friend, and in, and in, in, um, I want to say I think they have their daughter has Luca dystrophy, and she's uh, um, and they travel all the time to Salt Lake City to the Children's Hospital in Salt Lake yeah. City, and and so that's I mean so that's what I mean like in, in those ways I want to say you're lucky because you guys prepared for the I mean you guys have always we are lucky though yeah I mean there's just no other way to say it is that we I feel very very lucky because when we first got that diagnosis I mean I was thinking you know your mind goes to a lot of places and you know like who knows you know he could you know it there 99% make it but somebody didn't make it right, right and yeah. and you just kind of think like where am I putting my effort here and my family you know like uh, are we doing the right things as far as you know we try to you mentioned, mentioned taking vacations and stuff like when things like that happen, then you start thinking like, what do I want to do? Am I having my priorities the right way? Did I do? Cause you know, if you had limited time, what would you do this year? If you knew that you had limited time, that definitely went through my head. Um, and well, so, so talk about that. So since then, since, since this, let's just say, uh, let's just say since 2019, uh, you know. well, I mean, it, it does, it does pass through my mind, you know, like, uh, I, so I've got five kids and, and, uh, or, and an exchange student, my oldest is, is not in school anymore, but I've got, had five kids in basketball this season. Um, and so that was like eight to 10 games a week. And they're not always at, um, you know, like in the evening. I just want to say one of your younger, one of your youngest boys, though, he has a really promising career ahead of him. Um, <laughs> I know he's, and he's had some pretty fabulous coaches. I know that, oh, you know, he, you know, he really likes to put in the effort. And um, I know that he's been challenged, you know, and I, I look to a bright future. So. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for being his coach. <laughs> we got Jumbotron Eric here. Yeah, yeah. As uh, humble as he can be. Yeah. But th that is something that I've thought about, you know, like I've thought about, you know, like can I miss this? Because, I mean, this last month has been really, really busy and I haven't worked as much. And I feel, you know, like I, I feel a tremendous responsibility to do a good job in work. Um, and mine is a very flexible schedule. I can set my own schedule. And so I decided, you know, like I want to make – make sure to make all of these games. Um, and, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it's an easy thing though. Like, I don't think it's like, well, now I've got it all figured out. Cause I still f feel like our occupation, you know, we can really do, we can bless a lot of people's lives. So we have to not neglect that, but also try to make time and plan for, to make sure that, you know, you don't miss something that you wish you would have done. So we always do a family trip, and we're going to do another one going to Washington, D.C. this year. 
Adam, you you have seven kids. How do you balance that? I don't. <laughs> no, I, and and that's something that um, it's hard because there's times that I do miss games or yeah. I miss yeah, events yeah. because because I have too, because, yeah. because work requires it. But at the end of the day, when I do sacrifice some of that time at work or that, uh, and I'm there for the kids at the games and stuff like that. I, I don't think anyone will sit back and say, oh, man, I spent way too much time with my family. I should have spent sure. more time at yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and uh, it's always time well spent. It's good time for the kids and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But there are those times that sometimes you have to make those hard decisions and you have to. The wife and I sometimes are split. We're the same way. Um, I have a boy playing high school basketball also. But then I have three girls that cheerlead. Another little one that does flag football. So sometimes we have to divide and conquer. Oh, we do that all the time. Yeah. The, the, the wife, like Saturday, yeah. Yeah. I, I had to be with the little kids. My son had the big basketball tournament. He had like four games all on Saturday. So she was with them all day long at that mm-hmm. event. I, I didn't make it, but I was with the other kids yeah, dealing yeah. with their stuff. Yeah. So it, it you know, you just kind of work together. But that was another impressive thing about your story is, is also knowing your wife very well. I think that's important for a father and a husband mm-hmm. to do is, and, and and that comes with years of marriage. I can come home from work and she doesn't even have to say anything. I can look at her and I can tell immediately how her day went. Sure. I know what I need to do. I know what where I can release her stress load and, and I just get in there and just start doing it. And mm-hmm. we don't have to have that conversation. She doesn't have to tell me to do anything because I already know what needs to be done. I can just mm-hmm. judge that. I think you knew very well where your wife's strengths are or even where her weaknesses are. So you were very careful on telling her about your son and getting into the crazy details because you know she may worry a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, it's important to know these things. So balancing that time, but how valuable time is, but how valuable your relationship with your wife is. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I agree with that. That was fun. That was great. We appreciate yeah, your story you. and appreciate you opening up with us and bringing your son in and, and Riley and talking about you opening that. Up because I think it is. I think you know, I, Adam. I think I, I think you'd agree. Like when you were a junior in high school, you're pretty invincible. I thought I was. Yeah, and so I think that's you know that's almost like a part two is. And I think your dad probably feels a little, I, your dad and I are friends for a reason is, you know, you're not supposed to live vicariously through your children, but I'm pretty sure we do. Gosh, I do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And I'm I, not ashamed know, to say it. And so <laughs> yeah, yeah. like empathy is probably not like my strongest suit, but, uh, you know, if my children are struggling with something, man, I, yeah, I want to get in there and fix it. And, and that, I think that's the hardest part about this probably whole process is, you know, what your dad didn't say is like, hey, I'm doing all this research, you know, for you, Riley. But part of that, he's doing it for himself, too, because there's a portion of him and you. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, so I think that's, you know, uh, like your great disposition, Riley. And that's where I think that's where we're all lucky is because, you know, you're like, well, I'm just kind of moving on, and I'm not letting anyone know, and and because uh, it is tough. I have a nephew who has a blood uh, has a blood disease, and same thing. It's it's crazy because he's the one that wants to be the most active, mm-hmm. 
and uh, we don't talk about it, but he has to go in every month for tests to see if his blood counts at a certain uh, thing, and and uh, because if his blood counts like so low, or like there's so many, like there's only so many white cells, then he's not supposed to be in contact with other people because it could cause bruising, and that bruising could lead to degradation. And but going back to like some of the things that your dad's not talking about is. Uh, you know that he did talk about and previously was is the sensitive side like it's like i just thinking back to my own high school years like dude when you're a junior you're like man i'm getting bigger you're taller than your dad you're probably better at basketball than he your had dad. to throw that in there you know <laughs> you know and so uh you know you're at this moment where most most of your friends are feeling like invincible and you know and so what, I mean, what have you learned most out of this trial? Um, I guess that I was like lucky for most part because I didn't have to go through chemotherapy. And also that like, you don't know what like most people are going through when it comes to like, I guess like diseases and stuff. Cause like nobody else knew what I was going through unless like I specifically told them. And so like, that's like the main thing. So do you like wonder like, oh, what's going on with Jim? What's going on with Bobby, Sue, or whatnot? Like, uh, sometimes, sometimes yes, but a lot, a lot of times it's still like hard to like remember to like wonder about that. I think that's one of the benefits actually of, you know, sports is you get to know some of your classmates better and maybe understand some of the things they're going through. They're really tough. You yeah. Know? Um, and I think he's he's learned that some this year in sports as well. He got kind of a view into some people's lives that, you know, you see people at school, but that's all. But then when you hear kind of like, oh, like this is what's going on at home, um, you feel a little bit more loving to people. And maybe that's opened your eyes of that people, all people have weaknesses in one way or the other, some physical, maybe some mental, some relationship and and understanding those weaknesses understanding and having sympathy for for those kind mm -hmm. of people this is a great lesson that you probably learned way early in life that i know i didn't learn until years later uh to to understand that and you become i think you become a much better person having that in your mind uh being able to sympathize but your eyes will be open to people that need help and that you'll be able to step in and help and your experience will Will help them you'll be able to share this experience many times throughout your life and and give other people that encouragement that could be going through something similar so mm -hmm. but yeah. that's awesome that's awesome hands riley thanks for coming in we'd like to thank some of our sponsors rooftop reality um also blue coolers who have uh, got our stuff in the mail um, really yeah sweet and i'm looking like, forward to trying like to those out the local uh, pipe fitters union for taking care of Adam's family. <laughs> I guess they're there on a weekly basis or something like that. They said, "Hey, it's carte blanche. It's it's free. Come 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 by." And um, no, but all seriousness, uh, uh, Riley and Hans, thanks for coming and sharing your yeah, stories. And we appreciate everyone that's listening. I got I got some good news to share. I already texted you about yeah, it. Yeah, you did. But uh, we're on iHeartRadio right now. So on all of the podcast broadbands out there, you can find Staying in Trouble, iHeartRadio, of course, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Pandora. 
So wherever you guys listen to podcasts, you'll be able to find us. We made it real easy to listen to the show. So we're super excited about that and watching the show grow and get more downloads and more listens. So please, everyone, tell your friends about the show if you enjoy the content here. Uh, Best way is to just tell a friend and uh, tell them about what you heard and the experience and tell them to tune in. Yeah, our next uh, topics, we're going to have co-parenting. We're going to have a divorce attorney on. Uh, one for men, so she gives advice why you should hire a, a woman to represent you in a, in a divorce, as well as uh, we're gonna have some part two to social media. If you're looking at starting your business in 2020 or growing your business in 2020, we're gonna have some social media, we're gonna have our top 10 uh, hacks and tips to help uh, local businesses grow their businesses here in the Las Vegas Valley. Yeah, get this podcast to grow too. Booyah. Yeah. Hey, Fire thanks it for up. listening. Thank <laughs> you.